special event alert. Get out of bed and run! This is Late for Changeover, your weekly space news and variety show. I am your host, Marty Smith, and I'm joined by Mr. History, Eric Perrot. Mr. Space Alumni, guys. How's it going? And our man in the closet, Jake Wall. What's going on, guys? And our newest guardian, Mike John. How's it going, everybody? We're here to bring you the latest headlines and updates pertinent to all guardians and to the other lesser branches as well. So take your seats, get informed, and have a laugh as we present Late for Changeover. Good to see you, Smacked by the lesser stretch. Well, I, it, lesser services is hard to say, especially when I've been drinking. So I changed it to branches, lesser branches, <laughs> lesser branches. Because I've heard the past ones, and I'm like lesser services. <laughs> That's terrible. Your That's introduction for Mike just kind of died halfway through. I told through. you I Mike. didn't have anything snippy. And Johns. Johns. <laughs> Did you have a call sign, Mike? Uh, Big Vern for a while. Um, down when I was at Shriver, my middle name's Vernon, so that turned oh. into Big Vernon. Someone asked me, what does the V stand for one day, and they were expecting Victor, and when I said Vernon, this one dude, big old bodybuilder dude was like, Big Vern, and it turned into a whole thing, so all my guys from my one-stop stays knew me as Big Vern. Wasn't that, uh, what's big his Vern. name's uh, catchphrase, the whole Ernest thing, didn't he used to say a Vern thing? Well, he had, a, he had his, his buddy was Vern. And he would say, uh, okay. you know, what was his, uh, it's been so long. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. That guy, is that guy dead? That guy's dead now, right? He's dead. Is he really? Ernest? Ernest? No, I thought, no. I thought he was He's dead. He's still kicking. Is he? Okay. I thought I he was know. dead. I think he might be. You know dead. what I mean, Vern? Yeah. yeah. That's, 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 that's what he's about saying. right. Yeah. That sounds about right. Um, no, he's probably your generation, Eric. Well, oh, oh. Like I hope he's not dead. Generation, Eric, Gen, Eric, generic. I can take it, man. I can take it. Speaking of generic, do you have a day of history for us? Well, my God, I do. <laughs> I have a good one. I do. All right. This occurred 55 years ago, fellas. 14 November, 1965. Oh, okay. The Battle of the Ladrang Valley in Vietnam began. No way. We were soldiers, huh? Yeah. yeah. Hmm. And saw around 1,000 U.S. soldiers of the 1st CAF Division, Air Mobile, fight for four days with about 2,500 North Vietnamese troops. Now, that number was down because initially they were going to take on 6,000. And they had about 1,400 to put on the ground. But as right. the battle started... The choppers were only, you know, able to come in and, and put a few on the ground. Right, right. So anyway, the four days of fighting formed what became the first major battle between U.S. and North Vietnamese forces of the Vietnam War. The battle consisted of two engagements in the valley, with the first taking place between November 14th to the 16th, with members of the 1st Battalion, 7th Cavalry, led by Colonel Hal Moore, and the second engagement taking place on the 17th of November, with members of 2nd Battalion, 7th Cavalry, led by Lieutenant Colonel Robert McDade. According to U.S. Army, the Battle of Ladrang came after three enemy Vietnamese regiments 
totaling 6,000 men, attacked a civil irregular defense group. U.S. Special Forces at Ply Me, near the entrance to the Ladrang Valley, in what the Army described as North Vietnam's initial effort to cut the country in half. <clears throat> According to the Army, after U.S. intelligence confirmed the position of these Vietnam forces, Moore led an air mobile assault into the Ladrang Valley, landing at what um, would come to be known as Landing Zone X-Ray. The first of Moore's troops began landing at LZ X-Ray at around 10.30 on the morning of 14 November. As Moore's troops continued to land at LZ X-Ray, the first shots of the battle were fired around 12.45. One of the U.S. platoons began fighting with a force of Vietnamese troops. What ensued for Moore's troops was a battle over the next two days in which Moore's forces defended LZ X-Ray with support from U.S. artillery and airstrikes. 80 U.S. troops were killed in the fighting at LZ X-Ray and another 124 were wounded there. 80. According to History.com, some 834 North Vietnamese soldiers were confirmed killed and another 1,000 North Vietnamese casualties were assumed dead and wounded. For all your Mr. History needs, go to OnlyFans.com. <laughs> I wanted to and talk he'll about show you one his more Lagrange guy. Valley. <laughs> one more guy. One more question here. I want to talk about this guy. So Moore wrote a book about the fighting at LZ X-Ray, as you guys all are aware, I'm sure, along with the war journalist Joseph Galloway. In their book, We Were Soldiers Once, and Young, their book was later adapted in the 2000 film We Were Soldiers, with Mel Gibson playing Moore and actor Barry Pepper playing Galloway. The reason I bring this up is Galloway reportedly took up arms during the battle and helped carry a badly wounded soldier's safety during the battle, an act for which he received the Bronze Star Medal with V for heroism in 1998. Galloway is the only American civilian to receive the military honor. So I oh, thought no that kidding. was pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. So 1950 or 1965, Battle of Ladrang Valley, guys. Eadrang. Ladrang, isn't it? No, it's not Ladrang. <laughs> that's what it. Yeah, that's how. That's it's I-A. It's I-A Drang. Eadrang. And the reason I know that, because there's more to that whole story, because the movie ended with him taking that battalion out. But the next battalion that came in, uh, the North Vietnamese knew that they were coming in. And they massacred them on the landing zone. I yeah, mean, they made they had so many casualties. When well, I cut it down. Came in. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Or I know. Cut it but down. that old battle of Eadrang is it, the movie cut short because it was just his battalion. I've never heard it called Eadrang. I've yeah, always heard Ia it called Eadrang. Yeah, the Drang first Valley. cav took shit a long time because if you if you've ever seen their patch, it's one of the biggest patches in the army. Yeah, and it's a horse on one side and a diagonal line. Um, and it's black on one side, yellow on the other side. And that, the, yeah. the, they took a lot of shit because they're like, oh, that's the line you guys could never cross because of Via Drang. And I was like, man, that's kind of shitty. Um, but it's more, if you go to VFW, those guys are just ruthless on other units, you know? Mm. Um, the, uh, I know it was really cool because Hal Moore in real life went back to Vietnam and actually met with the Vietnamese counterpart that he was fighting. Yeah, I, they, I think I saw a documentary yeah, on Yeah, and they actually walked the battlefield mm. together. That was that was pretty cool. So, good one. I had no idea that it was this week. That's yep. awesome. Very well done. Imagine if they had space to help him. <laughs> Imagine. 
GPS cords. They had Reapers. Imagine that. Jams. Hell yeah. Well, and they still clap. Oh. No, no. Generic. Well, you know what would really help? That Moab. Mother of all bombs. (laughs) Blasting the shit out of those tunnels. Well, it might not have helped them being that close. Um, Well, that's why they had those fancy hat helmets. (laughs) (laughs) Those were quite fancy. Uh, Eric's dropping and reloading. Drop reload Mm -hmm. bombs, Eric. Um, all right, this is not good pod either. Nah, this is great. I might actually have to edit this. <laughs> It'll be out more than 35 minutes oh, after. Okay, good. He did. Uh, <clears throat> that whole, that whole thing about the lost platoon. Have you ever heard about that? The lost platoon in, in the movie, it showed the platoon ran way out there like too far when they were chasing that scout and then they got cut off. Um, I've read some after action reports from the North Vietnamese commander or the Viet Cong, or I guess it was NVA yeah, North Vietnamese commander. And he said, and this, this came out of when he met with Hal Moore, when they, when they met back up, he said, we thought you were a much, much larger force because we kept trying to flank you around where that platoon was and that platoon had ran so far away oh. that they were like oh, really? holy shit how big is this front but they, they didn't grow up the middle so there was like a right. huge gap right so they kept trying to go to the flank and they kept getting fire from this platoon man and they were like god dang man they got more people out here than we thought so that it, platoon's so lucky they didn't try to probe on the yeah right 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 and they put up such a such Holy a fight cow. that that commander was uh, totally thrown off and had to readjust his tactics. So that was that was a pretty neat little interview. That was crazy. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, while Eric is trying to get back in, let's go. Uh, let's before we go into the formal news, I did run across this story. Right, and this was on task and purpose. It's kind of an editorial. So, uh, the title of it says: "Troops and veterans don't like." Thank you for your service. All right, so let me read this a uh, couple paragraphs here. During a global war on terrorism, the phrase thank you for your service became the default expression of gratitude for American civilians to show their appreciation and admiration for service members and veterans. A recent survey sponsored by USAA found that nearly 70% of younger service members and veterans feel uncomfortable and awkward when people tell them thank you for your service. And I kind of agree with that to a certain degree, right? I don't know. It's a weird. Well, how do you respond to it? I, 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 I think what I, uh, I think at first I was kind of a smart ass. I was like, ah, it was easy. I just signed up. And I, and I was like, no, don't say that. And I think my wife like said, stop saying that. That's scolded you. (laughs) (laughs) And she was right because I, I don't think people mean any ill will by it. Uh, but it is kind of just a pat pat on the back and, and move on, you know, it's like, Hey, thanks. So, uh, I don't know. What do you, so how does that hit you? How does that? So for me, so for me, it it was one of those things that hit me very early in my career. I mean, it really started happening after September 11th. So I had been in for like a year and a half and, uh, so, you know, all of a sudden the, you know, thank you for your services and all that, all that stuff started coming up. 
um, you know, pretty early. And there I am, an airman, you know, at Chipotle or something like that, and just happened to be in uniform <laughs> trying to grab some food before going in on shift or something. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you get the thank you for your service. And, you know, at first it was very awkward. I was kind of like you, you know, you were like, oh man, you know, it's nothing, you know, I just, you know, I signed up for the benefits or whatever. Well, then you start <laughs> thinking about it. You're like, right. wait a minute. You know, do I say, well, you're welcome. Well, no, then you sound like an asshole. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then what I settled on was thank you for your support and a very sincere oh, like, handshake. That's good, man. And that's where, that's where I landed on it. You know, whenever I would be out and about and, uh, you know, someone would come up and say, Hey, thank you for your service. I made sure to, you know, nice, good handshake and uh, Hey, thank you for your support. I appreciate it. That's actually really good. Yeah. That's really good. Well, you know, I'm a super genius problem solver. So there you go. <laughs> What'd you say, Jake? Did you go like, Hey, do you appreciate uh, like, my service enough for a burrito? I just, <laughs> yep. Yep. Cheers. There's to you too. Yep. To take that thousand yard stare and just like, yeah, thanks. Uh, I just didn't know what to do after high school. That's that's what I tell them with a thousand yard (laughs) stare. Well, it is tough, and and uh, they bring up in that article that uh, they talk to a couple people and they're like, well, some people may be embarrassed by their service, thinking of like the Afghanistan withdrawal and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't think it's that. I think, uh, you know, there's something about when that whole groundswell came up, right? Because I don't remember all that appreciation of stuff in the 90s and stuff. Uh, but in the 2000s, when everybody was like, oh, yeah, yellow ribbons and, you know, we can yeah. celebrate these guys. I was like, yeah. well, that's quite a turnaround from first blood where he couldn't even go into town to get something <laughs> to eat, right? And that was good. That was good. But then it became kind of... Uh, I don't know. It was it was weird because you got guys who are missing limbs from legitimate combat thing, and you got a yeah. guy who's missing a limb because he couldn't break on a motorcycle. And I'm like, we should not be compared together. But thank you for your service kind of does that inadvertently, but it does. And I'm like, ah, there are guys who did a lot more than I've done, you know. Well, and it's unwitting to the civilian, right? The civilian doesn't right. know that yeah, I spent, they don't know. Right. I spent my entire career sitting on an ops floor and, you know, back offices <laughs> doing, right. you know, silly right. work. Yeah. Hey, uh, you never had a window, though. No, I had windows. That's... Oh, never mind. Uh, you <laughs> in a I had the best career ever. <laughs> yeah, I never got windows, man. I mean, you've been in eight Swiss. I was I was a flight chief in there in Bravo for yeah, the longest time. Big, big, yeah. huge offices. Those are good. Yeah. Um, well, former Marine Major Kylie-Ann Hunter, who researches military and veterans issues for the RAND Corporation. How do you get in on the RAND Corporation? Yeah. What's going on with that? You're like, oh, yeah, he makes... makes The research bullshit like this. Yeah. But she didn't have a (laughs) Do you like that? I mean, how many people did she go up, hey, do you like that? And was it at (laughs) random? Like... If somebody just thanked me for my service, she swoops over and is like, hey, how do you feel about that? How do you that? feel about that? Right. <laughs> Would you mind wearing these probes so the next time somebody, <laughs> I can I can see what your reactions are? Yeah. But she said, one reason why veterans may feel uncomfortable when people tell them, thank you for your service. Thank you. Thanking troops and veterans for their service can also come across as a way of avoiding having a conversation with them. Okay. 
I never wanted them to have a conversation with me to begin with. Yeah, like, why I, is I, some I random say, civilian? Just, just pay for my burrito and get out of the way, <laughs> yeah. right? It almost seems like just at least by the guac. If if you have a choice of saying nothing to them or saying, "Hey, thanks for your service," I'd be like, "Okay, say thanks for your service." Yeah. yeah. So that's kind of I I get what they're coming from. They're like, "Hey, thanks for your service." Do you want to hear what I have? Nope, nope. <laughs> just like I gotta go. I just wanted to tell you thanks. You know, it's like going up and telling a cop. You know, I've done yeah. that. I've 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 kind of stopped doing that over, over the last couple of years because they all look at me and they're like, "Well, what do you want?" You know, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm just <laughs> I'm sincerely telling you thanks, man." He's like, "Yeah, beat it." <laughs> I I use it kind of as a slur if I like hold the door for any for or do anything for any other military members. I'm like, "Thank you for your service. Thank you." <laughs> <laughs> it's more of a slur around the around the other guys, you know. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, and, and anybody who knows you, that well, they would get it. Yeah, somebody who doesn't know you, be like, oh, okay, you're welcome. <laughs> okay. Um, and she even points out it's hard to find another expression of gratitude that is as concise and straightforward as "thank you for your service." So, I think it, maybe it's unfair to go. I wish they would stop saying that because I, I don't. But at the same time, it's like, it seems like uh, if you have some guys coming back from the front line, I'd be like, yeah, thanks for your service. If you have us, I'd be like, well, <laughs> thanks for re-upping, I guess. We were short-manned anyway, so thanks. Yeah. Um, but when I see some of the old guys who wear hats and stuff, hey, welcome back, generic. Hey. <laughs> nope. No. Nope. You have to go reset your jitterbug router. Jitterbug. <laughs> it's only got one big button on it, right? <laughs> it says it's actually a toggle for off and on. <laughs> My Wi-Fi went out. That's all so, right. You you yeah. uh, uh you know you were able to repair it, so well done. <laughs> but if I see one of the if I see some of those old guys walking around with the Vietnam hats and stuff. I'll go up to them and I'll ask them. I was like, "Hey, what unit were you with?" And they're like, "Oh shit, I was with here, here." And they start, they start. Now you got to be prepared because they love to yeah. talk. You know it being in the VFW, right? Because um, all those guys are waiting around. It's just hair trigger. You know, as soon as you ask them, like, "Hey, who who'd you go over there with? What unit were you with?" And that's that's they're ready, and that and that's cool. And I feel like that's more meaningful. Um, yeah, but you got to be prepared to spend a few minutes. That's <laughs> yeah. not just like, hey, I'm I got my groceries. I'm walking out of the store. It's like, hey, what unit were you with? See ya. <laughs> you know, you can't yeah. do that. No, that's they, why. Thank you for your service. Works actually. It does. It does. It's right. it's like I get to say something, <laughs> yeah. but not more than I want yeah, to yeah. say. So I don't know. It's interesting. I thought it was interesting. Eric, do you have uh, thoughts on thank you for your service? No, I think uh, me, I'm, I'm, I like to talk to the guys, rather they're, you yeah. know, Vietnam vets or even further back. So I usually go, Hey, appreciate you doing what you did. What unit were you with? Where were mm -hmm. you? Where you were stationed? What was your last use? Those kind of things. Cause I enjoy those conversations with those guys. Man. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. So thank you for your service as sort of a door opener for me, if anything. Uh, yeah, sure. And I, I don't know. Sometimes it just hits me. 
it I, I, I should it shouldn't hit me the way it hits me, but some, yeah. I think after <laughs> this many years, it's just like, yeah. You know. I think people actually mean it with a lot of respect. So that's I nice. do too. I do yeah. too. It's it's that's what I'm saying. It's my own stupid little head that goes. Well, and, and yeah, think if about it's this. the checkout guy, if, if the checkout guy goes, "Hey, do you have a military discount?" He's like, "No, thank you for your service." <laughs> but thank you for your service. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, well, think about it. No, think about the man. people that would say thank you to your thank you for your service out and about in the wild. How many of them would just say hi to you as you walk past them, oh, like yeah. going in and out of Target? Yeah, they or probably wouldn't, right? You know right. what I mean? That's so it saying. is them actually reaching out and recognizing yeah. what yeah. it is you know, from the civilian perspective. It's mostly, a, yeah, you're right, and it's just a weird thing to go. Well, that phrase coming to me means one thing, but that phrase coming from them is a whole different thing than the way. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. You know, so. Well, I spent a lot of time on crew kicking this ball around and you know how much time you have on crews, especially <laughs> down at a command and control squadron. Um, when I first came in. So yeah, I, I gave a lot of thought to it and that's where I came up with the, you know, Hey, you know, thanks for your support. And uh, uh, that yeah. seemed to resonate well. And you being down at one subs, which was notoriously overmanned at 130% that you guys had to fight for time to do supports. So your shifts and conversations were probably pretty lengthy. Yep. I'd have hours upon hours of free time. <laughs> Meanwhile, we have triple there. elimination FIFA soccer tournaments and stuff. Like it was ridiculous. <laughs> Meanwhile, we're up there two Swiss code. Holy shit. We're on 12s again. Again. We don't have enough people. Like, can't you go raid one stops? And they're like, no, no. They can't be touched for some reason. I don't know why. I'd get to go to the chow hall twice in a shift oh and sit in the chow hall. We hated you guys. Man. There's no way. All right. Oh, let's get on the news. The you guys news. want to hear about more about Lockheed's fortunes? Oh, man. I'm going to have to go back into the career field, man. They are stark tech. They are stark uh, defense company. enterprises. Uh, so you remember when we talked about them last week or the week before, where they almost got a billion dollars? Oh, it was last week about the. Uh, yeah. They almost got a billion yeah, dollars left. to develop yeah. that new, new ICBM. RV. Yeah, yeah. Well, this wasn't quite as high, but they got just got thirty three point seven million to develop nuclear spacecraft. So the concept is pretty cool. You know, when you start thinking about it. Right? Knowing the people I know at Lockheed Martin, it really concerns me that they're messing with nuclear material. Yeah. It's it like really does. nuclear powered that's going away or <laughs> Let's yes. nuclear power that's just going to chill up there? Uh, no, it's going to go away. So okay. the U.S. Air Force Research Laboratory, or AFRL, awarded $33.7 million to Lockheed Martin as part – okay – I am going to go back and I'm going to see if I can capture all these acronyms. Because right. I always bring them up. I was like, check this one out. Check this one out. Right. <laughs> so I, got, I think I'm going to try to keep a database because this one is a good one. Um, the U.S. Air Force Research Laboratory awarded $33.7 million to Lockheed Martin as part of the Jetson effort. J-E-T-S-O-N, just like the cartoon, which stands <laughs> yep. for Joint Emergent Technology 
supplying on-orbit nuclear. So, doesn't beat the one crusty. Which one was that? And what? I read the article. There's a freaking acronym called crusty in here. I said it didn't beat it. It's awesome. <laughs> Come on. Uh, uh, Jetson. Jetson. Oh, there's that echo again. Uh, <laughs> okay, wait a minute. Maybe it's this. All right. Let's try that. So it's an effort to mature high-power nuclear electric power and propulsion technologies and spacecraft design. Jetson aims to launch a fission reactor that will be started up once in space. <laughs> we got it. Yeah, what was the Jetson sound? Like, me, me, me. Nice. Something like that. Right? Oh man, any backroom producer he could have bring up that little that little spacecraft yeah. sound. <laughs> the reactor will generate heat, which is then transferred to Sterling power, transferred to Sterling power converters to produce electricity. This can be used to power spacecraft payloads or electric thrusters for propulsion. So, I found this uh, video. And, which is kind of cool. All right, Mouse, where are you? Go fast. Wait, hold on. View. Oh, man, I'm so bad at this. Hello. Using our current knowledge of physics and engineering, we could build nuclear locomotives to take humans to all the worlds in our solar system. But a starship powered with a nuclear heart aimed for even our closest star, Proxima Centauri, would have to harbor hundreds of generations of people, all living their entire lives aboard before reaching its destination four and a quarter light years away. It would take two years just to reach the orbit of Saturn and another 2,000 years to reach Proxima Centauri. God damn. We need Jeez. to be able to go faster. Yeah. Fusion propulsion. Woo, look at that, that complicated. With our current <laughs> knowledge of physics, but with engineering Woo. we have yet to develop, we can imagine a propulsion system with the sun for a heart. A fusion engine that could accelerate a starship up to 5% of the speed of light. Okay. Like I thought he was gonna say 5% faster. Across the orbit of Saturn <laughs> in six months. Nice job, Jackass. In just over a century. But oh my if we want to traverse it's interstellar only distances years. in less than a human lifetime, we have to go incredibly fast. Ah. Incredibly fast. Ooh. The universe has shown mm -hmm. us that this can be done by altering the scale of space itself. And we how are long working to develop new understandings of physics yeah, a couple of minutes. to learn how this might be controlled. If we could construct a starship with a propulsion system that decreases space in front of it, and expands space behind it, this ship 
could cross enormous distances that's truly theory faster than the speed of light truly theory. here we come <laughs> such a ship would reach from mars to saturn in just a matter of minutes six minutes and be able to reach proxima centauri in less than six months it knows there's nothing in the way like Wow. From there, there are no limits to where we could go. Well, there's some limits. <laughs> so, uh, I suppose all that starts with uh, mm. with nuclear or some kind of power source, right? Well, yeah, it's the fission fission reactor. As we've all learned from Han Solo and the Millennium Falcon, you need a guidance system. Do we have that? Yeah. It's not like crop dusting, kid. <laughs> yeah. See? Yeah. It's not visual cue. That's for damn no. sure. <clears throat> but. Yeah. Can you imagine that? The fact that they're thinking about. Uh, I don't know how a nuclear reactor starts up. Same way it does for our carriers, I'm assuming, right? How far are they going to wait till they pop this thing off? Like how far away from it? Yeah. Uh, A little bit of effort. I don't know. Can you, I mean, once you turn a nuclear reactor on, can you turn it off? Or is it just on forever? I don't know. I I mean, they had to turn Fukushima off. You know, they three mile (laughs) out. Yeah, but once it's, off. I, I I don't know. I don't understand it, but rods and yeah, it's not like a switch, yeah. right? I mean, uh, uh I mean, but you're right. I mean, we have carriers and subs that I guess eventually gotta turn now. them off, right? They're just not running forever. So uh the new award to Lockheed Martin is another win for the company in the field of space nuclear power in yeah. July. NASA and the U.S. military chose the aerospace giant to develop and launch a spacecraft to test nuclear thermal propulsion in space. The project, known as DRACO, Demonstration Rocket for Agile Cislunar Operations, <laughs> could feature a propulsion system that's a number of times more efficient than traditional chemical methods. So, but uh, so much for all this competing stuff. Lockheed just keeps coming out, right? So yeah. it's like Lockheed and Raytheon, you know, they're they're at the big table and they go to the men's room and they're like, what'd you get? Ah, I got this. What'd you get? Ah, I got this. <laughs> well, what about all these smaller companies that are like, F those companies, man. <laughs> they know who to go to. So it's, it's going to be interesting. I think we'll all be long dead before that theory, that uh, revolutionary design comes into well, play. Sure. Yeah, that's fair. It, that's fair. Yeah. It's weird um, that they called out that cislunar orbit, though, because aren't we constantly competing with China and other countries right now yeah. to develop yeah. cislunar like, wow. launch capabilities and tech consistent cislunar technologies? Right. No, I, I don't know how to explain cislunar exactly. Can you explain uh, it? It's, it's just an orbit. Between, between the Earth and the Moon. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. just a racetrack. Okay. Between, yeah. Well, 
they're uh, they're gonna do that stuff and develop nukes it's funny that we're gonna go for nuclear power which makes sense because that's the best power we got yeah um, power right now with that well, kind of capability we don't put anything in the in anywhere in the united states for any kind of nuclear power but up in space it's okay so who knows maybe they'll hear the word that Lockheed's trying to do that and they'll try to protest them so you never know um it is blatant nukes in space yeah absolutely right yeah, we the had... russians have been doing nuclear power propulsion for decades now yeah they had that one come down in canada in what the 70s something like that yeah something like that um but the really? protesters I can, I at uh, vandenberg will be excited <laughs> we get protesters we would get protesters out there once a, qu- a quarter oh yeah yeah no nukes in space don't weaponize space that kind of stuff yeah but they're they're dumb they're thinking we're gonna drop nukes from space we're actually using nukes to to go faster as the video says no oh, yeah. much faster but where's that nuke at well <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, I don't know. Well, I'll continue on. Remember a couple weeks ago, we talked about that X-37B. Remember the X-37B, the space plane? Well, it's oh, back, yeah. baby. It's back. So from task and purpose, uh, Space Force's secretive X-37B space plane is going back in orbit. Uh, a year after U.S. military secretive X-37B set a record for spending more than 900 days in orbit, Space Force's space plane is heading back to outer space. It confirmed this week that it will take flight in December, uh, December 7th to be exact, from the Kennedy Space Center in Florida. This time around, space plane is using a Falcon Heavy rocket from SpaceX, uh, and all the previous launches it's used an Atlas V, so... And I was trying to find a picture. There's very few pictures on this damn thing. But I think they mount it on top and then they encapsulate it. Yeah, it's put into a payload fairing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, They've been relatively, the military has been relatively quiet about what mission and capabilities uh, are of the X-37B. The one confirmed experiment is NASA's SEEDS-2 which will test how plant seeds are impacted by radiation from long-duration space flight. That sounds like such a cover story, doesn't it? Yeah, Yeah. so bullshit. Yeah, Yeah, we're just going to put seeds in this thing and see if we can grow some alfalfa in space. That's it. it. A year later, we'll bring it back down and see what it's doing. It's a Martian thing. Grow some potatoes with your own shit. It's all good. (laughs) It's all good. Uh, but that is one hint of the mission's length. So Space Force has not said how long it'll be up there uh, or if it will be more than the prior mission. But the reusable X-37B, which resembles a smaller version of one of NASA's now-retired space shuttles, it's around 29 feet long, 9.5 feet tall, with a wingspan of slightly less than 15 feet. It weighs 11,000 pounds when on the launch pad. So we did this picture last time, remember? Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? Yeah. The guy it must the be boots. the generic picture. Uh, it is. <laughs> it is. But I found uh, another one. If my thing. 
Okay, so that gives you more scale. Yeah. You see the guy standing up and talking to it? So it says, like the space shuttle, uh, the X-37B takes off vertically, and like Mike said, it's it's encapsulated. Uh, Once in orbit, it can maneuver on its own and eventually lands on a runway back on Earth, uh, much like a conventional plane. The vehicle has a small payload area roughly the size of a pickup truck bed. So I guess so. Yeah, if you look at it. Yeah, it's not very big. It's not very big here. So uh, operates at an altitude of between 150 and 500 miles above Earth. So I don't know. Uh, But the most notable thing to me, green boots. boots. (laughs) What's going on? Well, in what AFSD are those guys? That's what I want to know. I was Contract wondering, years. is Space Force coming up with their own yeah, I was gonna say specialty jobs, right? But eventually, they got to come up with something, right? Yeah. SFSC, is that what they're going to call it? Space Force Specialty Code? <laughs> I don't know. <sighs> I think um, the seeds thing is such bull. Like, you're telling me so no one junk, on the mirror right? has ever taken seeds up there before? I go, and just leave them up there. Like, you leave yeah. them up there so when they go shift change, or, they're like, hey, seeds are doing fine. You got or try to grow them. something, you know, or you, none of those teachers or freaking scientists ever did that. I don't know. Yeah, they've, they've grown stuff on, on the space stations and on the space shuttle. They're doing it on the ISS currently. Like, so we're not figuring anything seeds? out here, guys. It seems like they they have done such a good job to mask it's true what it whatever it's doing because there's nothing i've i looked for a while yeah. tonight and i was like i can't find anything on this thing right and barely these pictures um they're all like uh okay we've approved these pictures for release there's nothing else so hmm. the mission they can't figure out what it's going to do what it's capable of doing uh so they're doing a good job at all that of masking all that stuff they do a horrible job of the cover story like just go with seeds they uh, public buy seeds seeds. go with seeds don't worry about the nuke that lockheed martin put on it the guy's like exactly don't worry about that it's all good just do seeds don't worry about that little guy (laughs) well here's the thing let's pretend like they open the cargo bay and oh okay we lost our seeds that's hey, it's, it's just supposed be. to be seeds on it's this just thing. seeds i promise like we get caught doing something on a radar or something like, I mean, it can, was you just... ma- can you imagine like the ndas and and all the federal threats if you were on that program you know oh, what I mean? yeah if you yeah. said one effing thing about the <laughs> space plane you're 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 going to jail you're going to jail that's it <laughs> Uh, they said uh, some of the theories that have been proposed on what it's going to be used for could be a space-based bomber, a vehicle for spying on the Chinese space station, or a means for the U.S. military to interfere with other countries' satellites. Yeah. Experts have splashed cold water on all these ideas, saying they would require large amounts of fuel. (laughs) (laughs) 
Seeds. That's what you're going with? Well, you yeah. use seeds. Too much fuel. Yeah, it's it's using biofuel from the seeds. Is what's <laughs> well, here's the thing. Oh, like, that's a it, can re, it can regenerate the fuel because it can regrow seeds. That's a good the one. plants yeah. grow and they seed again. Oh, Boom. Okay. Unlimited. This is this is better than nuclear. Green energy. Yeah. This is climate change right in your face, gentlemen. Oh, goodness. They would love that, actually. So I was thinking if this is going to be a space plane. Right, yeah. blown by the space force, who is desperately trying to have heritage and call signs for all non-pilots and stuff. Will we ever get to a point where we're just like producing X thirty sevens like crazy, and then these guys can do like some nose art? Yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be do some like sweet. paintings on it, right? I don't know though. If you can't even get close enough to it to actually touch it without being covered in a hazmat condoms i don't think they're gonna be freaking painting shit on it that is such a good point why are these guys dressed like that yeah dude i don't know i'm like radioactive what kind of freaking crazy environments going on it's for the snowy plover so they don't fuck with the snowy plover it's it's so i mean it's coated in freaking it's it's some sort of radiation yeah, why are they covered in that stuff? Why are they wearing those suits? I don't suits? know. You know, self-contained. Uh, they basically got a scuba, right? Well, and go, to the, go back to the apparatus. other picture. I maybe, just that was, maybe that go was during COVID. Picture. Maybe that was COVID. <laughs> well, go go to the other one and look you look behind it, and you'll see someone without protective gear on. Oh yeah, the guy. Yeah, there's a dude. Oh, he's, got a, he's got his yellow yeah. vest on. That's the fuel that problem here, right yeah, there. He, the he, right he's there. refueling everything. So this is all for show. And he's like, I am sweating like a pig in this thing. <laughs> what about that guy? And he's like, we won't see that guy. Don't worry about him. Yeah, Get he's there, he's go got just like. In fact, know, he's wearing Doc Martens or something. This over was there. probably the first picture, and he's like, I'm too hot. I'm going. I'm walking away to go take <laughs> this shit off. This is ridiculous. I can't put those black boots on again, man. My feet are sweaty. You're talking Fine, about here, a jacked green up ones. photo to put a guy that's not in the suit oh. behind it. Yeah, good one, Mike. He might be. Amateurs. He just Amateurs. has the black boots. <laughs> that's just crazy. But why are they wearing the gear in the first place? He looks like he's wearing coveralls and a reflective vest. <laughs> that's what that guy in the other picture looks like he's doing. Yeah, probably. You know that Some that uh, like that. you know who's pretty envious of of that uniform is that porta potty guy. He's like, shit, I wish, <laughs> oh, I, wish yeah. I had boots like that, man. <laughs> Fucking military gets out of there. Those are awesome boots. Oh, um, but I was thinking since it can like grab like satellites and stuff like that and do all this shit. Yeah, man. The first nose art should be Mega Made from Spaceballs, man. Mega Mega. Yeah. <laughs> Giant vacuum cleaner. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it... we'll go. Oh, I think that's the theme of the new Miss Marvel or the Marvels or something like that. Oh, I heard that. They're sucking like a sun through the black hole or something like that. Yeah. Spaceballs did it. And I think 30 so, years I, ago. I think I heard a review about that, about how they stole the. Right from Spaceballs. Okay, let's get out of space. Let's go to terrestrial. What do they call? What do they call the pilots? Uh, Air breathers or whatever. 
So from sandbox.us. Yeah, air breathers. Like the oh, difference yeah. between space and the regular pilots. Oh, I see where you're going. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Not open mouth breathers, which is what you guys called cops. Right? Uh, I thought that was uh, the Marines. Well, I, today it's uh, security forces. So. Oh, okay. Nice. Because generic was trying to say it that I didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, from sandbox.us, the B-21 Raiders historic first flight. <clears throat> so they finally flew that damn thing, right? And it, which looks very, very similar in, to in a B-21 public. or B-2. Yeah, they finally flew it so public could see it. Mm. Um, so it seems like it took its first flight, I think, last week. Uh, in a series of tweets posted on a Friday morning, this guy, photojournalist Matt Hartman, showed the stealthy flying wing cruising by with its landing gear extended and accompanied by two aircraft. So, stand by. It looks just like the B-2. Uh, it's very, very it's very close. Yeah, it's very close. Um, the B-2 has several more tail sections to it. Whereas yeah. this one just has a single. Yeah. Yeah. So this video is weird because hmm. whatever his auto zoom on his camera sounds like a machine gun, man. <laughs> it's like, what's yeah. that noise? What is going on? It's like an old VHS camcorder. Another flying boomerang. Kind of, yeah. Man, you can't even think about seeing the Bombay doors or anything, huh? No, it's crazy how much they're putting into this thing. And it's going to be based, uh, you know, there was a part of the article that said, like the B-2, it's going to be, it's going to fly missions from the U.S. Yeah. Like, did we have B-2s in, uh, over there? How big is it? Were they having double t- double crews? Uh, I don't know. Think, I don't think know. about those mission times, like... I know they do long mission times, but they have to have two crews. How I remember during Gulf War, they were flying B-52s out of, uh, uh, what's the one in Louisiana? Um, They were flying out of, yeah, Barksdale. They were flying them out of Barksdale and back, 30-hour trip or something like that. America's (laughs) new stealth bomber, the B-21 Raider, has taken its first flight. Northrop Grumman official said the majority of what makes a B-21 a sixth-generation combat aircraft is on the inside. So this is just like the X-37B. They've got nothing but speculation on this thing. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so all they got is external looks at it. So what's the difference between the B-21 and the B-2? Well, Air and Space Forces magazine outlines eight differences. Um. Let me see. I don't have any great images of the thing. But we'll try this. Just so while I'm talking, you have something to look at. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) We'll lean forward in that case. There you go. (laughs) So, uh, Aerospace Forces Magazine outlines eight differences, perhaps the most striking. So, the first one is intakes. Perhaps the most striking features of the B-21 are its slender, barely there air intakes. 
Um, the unlike the higher rise scalloped intakes on the B2, the B21s are almost organically a part of its wing root. So that cuts down on all the radar cross section. The spot, the size of it, uh, it wasn't apparent at the rollout. They don't have any measurements or anything like that, but they think it's a little bit smaller than the B2, like 20, 20 feet shorter than the B2. Mm. Uh, the depth, the B21 has a decidedly deeper and broader keel than the B2, mm. implying larger weapons bays and potentially more internal fuel smoothness. Now, this is a great one. While big efforts were made to make the B-2 as smooth as possible to thwart, thwart radar pickups of seams, panel lines, and protruding fastener heads, the B-21 gave the appearance of an almost sanded smooth finish with no shadows or breaks, even at the edges of its canopy. Yeah. Uh, number five, the cockpit transparency. It's got different windows than the B-2. It's got number six. It's got different landing gear doors. Uh, number seven, the hawk's beak. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just the old know, hawk's beak. All huh? I can think of is that they gave this guy the assignment, and they're like, "Hey, go tell what the difference is between the B two and the B twenty one." And he's like, "Are you kidding? Do we have any technical data?" <laughs> he's like, "Nope. We just got a few pictures. So go do that. I need it by Friday before you go home, or else you'll be in here on Saturday." It looks the like, exact same basic airframe. Uh, I think it's a little bit, I think it's a little bit smaller. It's got more tech on it. Um, they just didn't reinvent the wheel. You know what I mean? I don't think here's the thing though, man, you're right. You're right. right. Those seams are just gone, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, According to that. Yeah. Yeah. If you look at that, it does look different. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that keeps you from seeing the seams on the B2 is the color, right? Um, You don't have a good contrast, but. That one's so pale. Well, and they would said be able to see it. they are going to use that color instead of the black because oh, nice. that color allows them a little bit l- less of a signature during the day. So the black uh, was initially made strictly for um, not being seen by radar, correct? Right, right. Yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, you can see right there. Uh, I'm showing a picture now of the lower profile air intakes, which is pretty amazing that they that gets enough air to work that turbine, right? Or work yeah. that jet. Yeah. But uh I don't know. I would like to I would like to hear and go, hey, when we flew those B2s, uh they couldn't touch us. I've never seen a story about that, about how good the B2 was. Yeah. And I think we've only used them at uh shit, I don't know. I thought we lost one a while ago. I thought we did too. Yeah. I don't know. <clears throat> so interesting that they're putting all this money into the B twenty one. Uh, but I think the biggest feature oh and, and yeah, that was it. Hawk's beak in the color. That was that was the the eight features that this poor guy had to write about at Air and Space Forces magazine. But I think he should have said, you know, the biggest difference is that the name is so much better than the B2. The B21 (laughs) Raider is so much better than the B2 Spirit. Here's your tactical bomber. It's the Spirit. Strategic bomber. (laughs) 
or sorry, strategic bomber. That gives you spirit. It was so non-threatening. It's so dumb. I mean, yeah. you got. I mean, what was a what was the B one? Do you remember the nickname the of the Lancer. B one? Yeah, it was a Lancer. Yeah, the Lancer, right? That's well, cool, was, right? The, you had Lancing yeah. air defense. Your Lancing boils. Your Lancing air defense. <laughs> the Lancing boils. But the B two <laughs> spirit was so bad. Do we still have the F thirty five? Yeah. What was the stealth fighter? Well, you the got the, 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 the F-117. Oh, 117. The 117. Yeah. Is that still in service? Oh, yeah. Kind of. I think so. The Nighthawk. Yeah, that's it. Nighthawk, yeah. They're, they've been retired for a while, but there's they're used for training. At least really? open source, they're used for training, and then who knows what they do uh, behind the scenes with that thing. But they've seen them flying around... Uh, you know, around in Nevada and Utah at the at the Knitter and the Uter, uh, the oh, test no ranges. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, they're they're probably used for uh, testing, you know, testing and training of radar systems. Oh, um, yeah. You know, that kind of who know, who knows? I can speculate. I've I've never been on a F one seventeen mission, so. Well, I think but, I just watched. Uh, well, you know, this summer when we watched uh, Top Gun Maverick. They made such an emphasis on fifth generation fighters, fifth generation fighters. What's a, is the F-22 a fourth generation fighter? No, it's fifth. It's What's a fifth, fourth? Yeah. Like you have 15s, you have 16s. That's a fourth gen? Yeah. Huh. I never so the heard 35 that. And the I never it's heard spelled all out on Wikipedia. It, it, maybe it's just like the phrase of the day. Because I've never heard the F-15 be referred to as a fourth-gen fighter. Yeah, I never... Back in the day, I've never heard about it. It's like just a, F-18. It was air superior. But I mean, maybe it's because the fifth wasn't there yet. Wasn't, I didn't, know. I, didn't I have the F-15? Wasn't that my choice? I always thought that... Uh, I thought I had it. The uh, B-1 was see. called Bone. God damn it, you did have it, Eric. No, that's... Bone is its nickname because of the B one. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I thought that's what everybody. Yeah, I and by the so way, people we call did... it's like calling the F sixteen the Viper. We did oh, lose civilians Falcon, don't. Civilians calls don't refer to as Bone. You did no. lose a one seventeen in Serbia. Yeah, Scott O'Grady shot down over Serbia. Damn you, Scott. But yeah, I'm I just posted kidding. a, if you want to look at the uh, Jet Fighter Generations, I just posted a wait, link. Wait, 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 wait. What did you just say about Scott O'Grady? He I was damned shot him. down over Serbia if he was the pilot of the 117. He wasn't in a 117. Okay, well then I just said there was a 117 lost oh, over oh, Serbia. Okay. okay. What was O'Grady? Yeah. I thought O'Grady was in the 117. No, he was not in a 117. He was like in, uh, I think it was in a Hornet. He's oh, a Navy I guy. double damn him then. Yeah, he was a Navy guy. <laughs> no, 117 was all Air Force, I think. Oh, yeah. I saw no, him. That was not 16. Oh, he was an, oh, that's right, because he was an Air Force guy, but the movie was a Navy. They they made him Navy. Oh, Air Force <laughs> you got, you got him confused with Luke Wilson? <laughs> yeah, I saw him kick the oh, football yeah. off the uh, aircraft carrier. I saw that movie. <laughs> Okay, let's close this out uh, with our last story from Task and Purpose. And I wanted to get your reactions to this because I wanted to see if I was, 
as big of a heartless bastard as I think I am because I have a, <laughs> I have, I don't have the greatest reaction to this. Thing. I can confirm that. You don't have to read it. <laughs> uh, the So this is from Task and Purpose. The VA rolls out free health care for World War II veterans. At, huh. You know, at first blush, it's like badass. Good. Good on it. Uh, on Friday, November 10th, the Department of Veterans Affairs announced that as of the as of this moment, all World War II veterans are now eligible for no-cost health care and medical services throughout the VA, as well as nursing home care. Now, I don't know how nursing home care works under the VA, right? That's no. usually like a no, Medicare no. thing, I think. When I get there, I'll let you know. <laughs> I know there's a nursing home, like a military nursing home down by Canyon City. Um, yeah, the individual services have something. Some I can't remember what they're called. But the individual is that services not ran have, through the VA? Oh, like a VA, I don't, I don't like a a service, VA long-term care or something like that? No, there's literally a nursing home down there by Canyon City that's military only. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I just don't know who runs it. Because I like, think there's I one out on Northeast Cal Colorado, too. There's not a lot of them that are just oh, VA sponsored or whatever it is. But under the new policies, veterans veterans who served between December 7th, 1941, and December 31st, 1946, can access the service and will not have to pay co-pays, enrollment fees, or monthly premiums. As long as you're alive. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> uh, the new policy was mandated by the Cleveland Dole Act, passed in December 2022. So maybe, that's a, maybe they had to have that law passed before they could do this, obviously. Yeah. Uh, veterans who get the new benefits still keep their own private health care as well as Medicare and other insurance. So how many are there, you think? I asked. Uh, more than 16 million Americans served during World War II. Now in November 2023, only approximately 119,000 are still alive. Wow, I would have never guessed that yeah. number that high. Yeah, it was yeah. way higher than I was guessing. Yeah according to both Pew Research Center and the National World War II Museum. Veterans, of course, have to be enrolled in VA benefits for this new no-cost care. Now, this is odd that they put this statement in here. The department said that it is actively contacting World War II veterans to sign up for VA care. Hmm. Don't you find that well, they odd? They do send them an email. None of these, yeah. How, do they, how are they contacting these guys? I don't know. They're going to the freaking nursing homes that they're in. And I mean, is I guess, sending like, them a telegram. Oh shit! Yeah, I here's get, the thing, uh, right? I could get VA. Like, Fuck. But they already qualify for Medicare, right? We—that's what we said before, and right. You're and that's free essentially the same thing. You already got the really? same thing. Yeah. yeah. What's the VA gonna do other than lose your crap? I wonder what if Medicare's you could, not gonna do. I wonder <laughs> yeah. if you could upgrade from a Medicare-sponsored nursing home to a. VA sponsored nurse? Oh, would that be good or worse? You think it'd be I don't better? Know. I don't know. Well, if you're in there with all your buddies, it could be better well, as opposed right. to being well. there with a bunch of dirty ass civilians. Yeah, you could cuss ah, each other out point. across the hall. Yeah, that's a good point. But you might not yeah. you might not leave you in the hallway on the gurney, man. You wouldn't get to your yeah. room. <laughs> you're just stuck. I don't know. Yeah. I I kinda when I first heard this headline, I was like, at first you're like, 
about you know good about time. that's that's what yeah. it should be but then i'm going knowing what we know about politicians and politics and it's like you guys are just looking for look what we did kind of moment for 119,000 veterans left yeah well i wonder how many billions we sent to ukraine on this act well sure sure yeah, and like i said like i said earlier there. when are the koreans or one of the Korean War vets get there. And, and then Vietnam. And when, oh, is that 20, 20 years from now they get there? Yeah. So they're, we make sure they're all in their 90s, right? Which isn't going to cost much, but it's going to gain us a ton of political capital. I give it to them now. Give it give it to the vets now. Give it to the Vietnam. It's them 20 years yeah. again. Yeah. Right. Then you'll be like, oh, shit. Good, good on you. Yeah. Uh but most, you know, most people would be like, well, you get free health care anyway. And it's like, well, yes. Just well, to, not necessarily. If they if they retire, just because you're a veteran doesn't mean you're retired. With, no, uh, true. Yeah. Good, po- good point. Good point. All right. Yeah, um, good call. But if you can get into TRICARE, you do have lower cost health care sure. at least, right? Sure. Um, you don't have priority, but you have lower cost. Yeah. <laughs> I went, I had, uh, you know, I have occasional flare-ups from eczema and stuff. And there was a, there was some new drug that I saw and I was like, oh shit, I'm going to ask VA about that. And I, and I went to a dermatologist at the VA in Aurora and I was like, Hey, how about this new drug? And he was like, Oh no, (laughs) I couldn't even remember the name of it, but he goes, no. Get the name out. Uh, he goes, oh, it, VA won't cover that. He already knew it. You know, I was like, oh, uh, well, that's disheartening. Right. Yeah. I went, I went to the VA the other day and she's like, uh, your appointment was canceled back in April. And I was <laughs> oh, like, shit. I got a text two days ago saying my appointment was on this date and press Y to confirm. <laughs> Yeah. She goes, yeah, I don't understand why that happened. Like, Probably that same. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Helpful. And then, so they reschedule. But today I get a phone call and I'm like, they're like, hey, we're just calling to set up your next appointment. I was like, I have one. They're like, no, no, no. <laughs> the one in May. And I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, oh, we, we need to make one for May also now. I'm like, you haven't May even of seen next me. Year? Yeah, you haven't <laughs> even seen me this month, and you're already. Ah, we're gonna need to see him in May. We're That's good. because we're gonna miss you before then, anyway. Yeah, it's, it's like so ridiculous. You know what? Since you know I the get one... this one canceled, they're like, oh, he's already got one in May. We're good. <laughs> you know the one guarantee I get from the VA is if I do make an appointment, I get a letter, I get a text, I get an email, yeah. and I'm like, yes, I'm. Coming to the goddamn appointment. <laughs> all right. Jeez. Yeah, but you could get all that stuff and still show up and be like, Yeah, it was canceled oh. like, in April. Oh. Yeah, but- they should they should have sent you a letter. <laughs> and an email and a and a text. Yep. <laughs> that letter should have come with your express scripts, which you'll get two months down the road. And you're like, God damn you guys. <laughs> yep. I love it. Uh so uh Good on them, you know the, the, those guys and and women. Uh, they deserve it, especially when you get into the nursing home stuff. I yeah, mean, I think that's, that's that's really cool. That's such a burden, uh, especially if you don't have it set up, yeah. and you know families a lot 
that's a that's a price that's a cost for families to do that uh but you know if, if they're going to cover it so that's good but and the vets that are homeless i'm sure that'll help yeah uh, if they you, reach out well i mean you i don't think, have any homeless you think vets out of nine years old you don't I don't yeah, know. I would guess that many 99-year-olds aren't living on the streets. Well, I hope no. Not. And those who, I, I, well, yeah, that's true. There's probably not a lot of World War II vets on the streets. Um, hmm. Maybe I know, you threw me all off with that, Eric. I don't know what to say to that. Okay. I, I think they would have died off a long time ago if they were living on the streets. Well, I'm just saying. I mean, they are—they were a resilient bunch. I will give them that. So I could be wrong. <laughs> okay. Well, let's see. Uh, Forty-five, right? So that's fifty-five. That's. I hope not. Seventy-eight years ago, and you throw twenty. So God bless, man. Yeah, they're old as shit. I mean. If you think the streets are a young man's in game. 45. No, I disagree with you, Jake. It ain't a young man's game. Yeah, uh, I've seen 60 and 70, a couple of 80s. Over there. Oh, yeah. Jeez, on the street. On, on well, the Well, yeah, but... Uh, they they but might not. be 30, but they look 70 because they're all... Hey, mad. cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> <laughs> cocaine. That number may not be big, but there are some out there. Well, right? no, I don't doubt that. And it's that. so yeah. screwed up. It, That's too bad. You know, I mean, they, they've had uh, so many of those programs where they're like, hey, we can put you up, but you got to be clean. They're like, nope, I'd rather stay dirty and uh, addicted. <laughs> yep. And you're like, yeah, damn it. So, um, but yeah, I wish we could help. That's true. So, uh, good job today, fellas. Um, All right. I don't hear anybody uh, who who distinguish themselves today. Nice. <laughs> uh, so I distinguish I am, myself through mediocrity every uh, day. Every I am going day. to uh, <laughs> not award anybody the good podcast medal, which was the uh, first move I did to set me sideways with my commander when I was over in uh, Al-UD. <laughs> I said, I, nobody, everybody's done their job. They haven't, ex, they haven't distinguished themselves at all. And he goes, you got to write me an award. And I said, nope, nobody, nobody's nope. done well enough for an award. They're just here fucking around the desert. That's all. And, and from there it was disaster. So. <laughs> that was such a fun deployment. Oh my God. Yeah. He wanted to relieve me in the middle of the deployment. So for not writing a deck. Well, that was uh, the, oh, that was many the start things. of it. There was many, oh, many things. That. <laughs> oh, that's why Jake's laughing because he remembers. This All right, Marty coming over there to the skip. This motherfucker, can you believe what he did? <laughs> yeah, he called it. He called back to the commander. Said this guy's got to go. And I was like, "You son of a bitch!" He wouldn't tell me. He called wow. all the way back to the United States. Yeah, he never told Marty about it. Oh my god! It's probably because anyway. you guys would drive off and leave Jimmy at the chow hall all, yeah, all the time. Yeah, Did you get sent back? Did no, he tried back? to get me sent back. Oh, he tried okay. to get me yeah. sent back. Usually, when they make that call, they'll go put him on a plane, get him right yeah. out of there. Yeah, mm, yeah, but no. they also they also knew the nature of this guy too. Uh, so okay, but the thing that started it all was 
nobody 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 went above and beyond today so y'all did your job thank you y'all did your unpaid volunteer support thank you for your I service <laughs> thank you for your service nice, nice. There you go. you're welcome i like it and you're on that note we are service. at shift change gentlemen <laughs> on behalf of all of us here i'd like to thank you for listening today please like share subscribe and let us know how we did in the comments make sure next week that you are not late, late for late the change over. Over. ben thanks for the week and i'll see you next week <laughs>